is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Etho Chicago Bears podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jose Soto, and we're going to have a big episode today. We do finally have a preseason game under our under our belts. Uh, so today's episode, we're going to be diving into a couple of the position battles that still exist, uh, and, and then just some of those that seem to be a fever dream. We're also going to rank the Chicago Bears players who showed out in the first preseason game and talk about those who were obsolete. So let's jump right into it. So training camp seems to be one of those things that give fans hope. It builds that storyline. It also shows us just how wrong it is to put a lot of stock into guys who look good not going full speed, and are not in pads. But that all changes with the first look at what the new Chicago Bears team can be. So I was highly impressed by a lot of the new young players that are on this team. So if we're going to rank these players in any certain order, then the first guy on my list, which is surprisingly not Travis Gibson, uh, but instead rookie cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. Stevenson was said to be in a battle with Terrell Smith all through training camp, supposedly. Uh, Again, I think this was more to build up that confidence of Smith. Uh, He didn't play that first preseason game. He's been riddled with injuries. It seemed like he didn't get a lot of uh, playing time at all when it came to, you know, OTAs uh, and in training camp. So uh, Stevenson, he just popped all over the field. So the stats on Stevenson, he did lead the team with seven solo tackles. He had a tackle for a loss and one pass deflection. But why he is ranked as my top Chicago Bear after the first preseason game, it's because he proved why the Bears made that great decision to move back into the second round for him. And he clearly separated himself from all the other defensive rookies on the team. If anybody whispers anything about a competition between him and Terrell Smith again, then never... Listen to that person again. Stevenson showed he has no fear. He was shedding blocks, making great one-on-one tackles. He just proved everything his hype train brought along with it in the OTAs. Uh, When OTAs first started, everyone spoke about how he was going to be that guy starting opposite of Jalen Johnson, and the proof is now on tape. I, I, I feel like that physicality and tackling is the code they are looking for cornerback for this team. He's going to be a player that they send at the quarterback just like they do with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. So even his first college coach in Georgia thought he was going to be that Jamal Adams type of guy where they move him from safety to the slot to the outside and it just looks like he has that instinct intact and and there's just truly no competition here. I, I can Truly see him and Kyler Gordon through the season just bouncing back and forth from the slot to the outside, just depending on the matchups, as well as uh, when they're not in the nickel. You can see Kyler Gordon and Tyreek Stevenson just mixing it up with who was going to be out there with Jalen Johnson. Uh, This just looks like a cornerback room with a lot of depth and a lot of competition for these hungry young players looking to just prove something out there. And Tyreek Stevenson, like I said, I... I went ahead and watched that game more than once just because I was so impressed. I just wanted to see more of it. It's our first real look at what this Bears team can be. And and they did, like I said, impress me. Uh, I, I know there was a broken play in the beginning of the game. 
there's no real angle to see what happened or where it was at. But besides that, it was pretty solid throughout the game for that Bears defense. Number two on the list is going to be fellow rookie Darnell Wright. Wright did have a lot to prove after all that negative outcry from his play in training camp and then all of the great reviews that is going on currently with Jalen Carter, uh, who the Eagles did trade. Uh, they, they traded with the Bears to move up with just one spot just to go ahead and grab Jalen Carter. So uh, for, for me, you know, I, I don't see, you know, how you can really judge an offensive lineman during the OTAs and training camp. Um, there's just a lot of limited plays where you're not wearing pads. There's a lot of uh, times out there where you're not getting the full view of what these guys can do. Um, so it was, it was great to see him get out there uh, during that first preseason game and just kind of show what kind of motor he has. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears love love this kid. His motor, his style of play, uh, he can block well against the pass and the run. So he did give Bears fans that glimpse of athleticism in the final, in the first preseason game. Uh, Darn Darnell Wright, he's going to be a huge factor. Uh, it, if he does well, these Bears are going to be successful this season. Uh, and he was, again, picked in the top 10 of the first round. So it's a big responsibility for him to come out and show why Ryan Pose picked him. And it's going to be very important for Ryan Pose as well, since Darnell Wright is going to be his first first-round pick uh, selected with the organization. Dar Darnell Wright has been said to have up and down days, like I said, during training camp. But again, personally, I wouldn't put too much stock into this. We're going to have to see uh, when the first pre the second preseason game starts and he gets more snaps, what he's going to do with those snaps. If he continues on blocking well on the run game, getting out there, showing that athleticism that he has and not uh, letting these defensive players cause any havoc in the backfield, it's going to be a great uh, day for him. Number three on my list has to be Travis Gibson. Uh, the Bears lit a fire under Travis Gibson, it looks like, when they did release their unofficial depth chart. Uh, he, he went ahead and looked like and took the coaches bearing him on the depth chart as a personal, uh, as personal as possible. Uh, he, he came out this game and he just had a monster game. He did finish the game with one sack but he had three quarterback pressures as well. Uh, so he bring that heat in the backfield. He made hu a huge impact on the game. Um, if he was ever in danger of being cut on this team, which I don't think he was, uh, he's going to be a, a constant rotation player for this defensive line. He's not going to be a starter over Yannick Ngakwe or um, Walker, who they went ahead and they gave good money to both of those guys. Uh, but I can see him being that next man up. So... Even though he only finished last season as well with three sacks, he did have a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He finished with 30 quarterback pressures. And with that being said, putting him so far on the depth chart had to just be the coaching staff sending this young man a message uh, that he needs to come out and show out to be second on the depth chart. And it's just not going to be easily handed over to him. So Travis Gibson coming into the league with just a very raw uh, potential. He was a very raw player. And seeing that he's finally entered his fourth year, uh, there's going to be a year for him to go ahead and tip the scales in his favor to prove that he's put in enough work uh, to no longer just be a 
raw talent, but be a reliable and relentless one. Travis Gibson is going to have plenty of opportunities to show his growth. And again, the defensive line is so much more improved than it was last season. Last season, they were just putting out, seemed like anybody they could just to fill in spots. Uh, there was not a lot of talent on this on this Bears defensive line. And again, Tra- Travis Gibson's best year was his second year where he had dominant pass rushers in there with him a lot of the time with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. So for me personally, I'm going to forget about last year's stats, uh, kind of start fresh, uh, but he didn't have any help. So we can clearly just throw that out the window. And it's going to be one of those things that this year he's going to have to prove what he can do uh, if he wants to be one of the next men up on his defensive line when it comes to who they're who they're calling in uh, to come in when Yannick Ngakwe needs a, a, a breather or, or walker. Um, so heading to the number four guy on this list, uh, I, I, I myself wish there was a way we could talk more about the wideout group um, because I know uh, Claypool and and Mooney um, just didn't have enough time to shine, in my opinion, when it came to training camp and OTAs. Um, so hopefully in game two, they get a lot more snaps. Uh, but unfortunately, the Bears, they had a different game plan going into game one. Uh, and they showcased guys that seemed like they wanted to get a better look at, which makes sense. Um, these would all be the younger players. And we are heading again back to the defensive side of things with rookie Zach Pickens. Uh, Zach Pickens ended the game with four tackles. He had a sack and a tackle for a loss. I I'd honestly thought I'd be doing a lot more talking about Jervon Dexter, who I'm very high on still, but he just had a so-so day, neither good nor bad, but not as impactful as Pickens, who seemed to be all over the place, even when his name was not being called. Uh, Zach Pickens was the first pick out of the third round. Uh, he, he amazed at the combine with his athleticism. Uh, he just seems to be able to get off you know, the ball, and he just has a lot of strength, uh, which he did display, and everyone was able to see what the Bears saw in Zach Pickens. Uh, he seems to be a perfect fit for the scheme that the Bears look to, to be uh, doing this year. Uh, again, last year, we didn't really have an opportunity to see uh, what this Bears defense could really be just because uh, they stripped everything down and were just trying to, you know, reformat what they had and get the best from these young players that they were throwing out there. So uh, this is all these players are going to help this defense, which was one of the last place defenses last year. So finally, fifth on my list, we're going to go back to the offensive side of things, uh, and that's going to be Roshan Johnson, who was given ample opportunity to fail or succeed. Uh, and even though his stats didn't really pop off the page, he did show what he can do. He did have a couple impressive runs and one where he broke a couple of tackles and fought for extra yards. Uh, but again, he did not only do this with his legs. Roshan Johnson led the team with four targets. He had two receptions. Uh, even though he didn't go so far on those, it did kind of show the Bears were giving him every opportunity to show off his skill set. So the two receptions showed off that size and how good he is with his hands. Because one of those throws was uh, 
pretty out of reach for most guys. So like Khalil Herbert, who doesn't have that same size Roshan Johnson was and that kind of height, was, wouldn't be able to make that catch. But Roshan did go up there and just uh, snatch it out the sky, kind of showed how his hands uh, were so good in that re- in that reception itself, even though it didn't go too far. Uh, so uh, since we are on the subject of running back, one of the craziest things that's uh, being talked about after the first season uh, preseason game is uh, just all that talk about Deontay Foreman not being played enough. Um, so I, I just want to clarify something just because Deontay Foreman is a known commodity in the league. The Bears coaching staff know exactly what they have in him. Uh, they know exactly what they have in Herbert. You're not going to see a lot of these guys getting a lot of tick in, uh, in, in preseason Again, preseason was shortened. There was four games. Now there's three. So they do not have as many games to evaluate these uh, these younger players or these players who have a lot more to prove. Uh, so you're not going to see a lot of these guys who um, they they know what they're getting out of who are going to for sure make the roster. So uh, don't be surprised when you don't see in game two a lot more of Foreman or Herbert. It's just not going to be happening. Uh, so no one should be upset uh, if these two aren't getting that many reps through preseason, uh, they're going to be the workhorses through the season. So uh, if one of these two guys, you know, happen to go down, then Roshan Johnson is going to be their wait. They're waiting in the wings. He's going to be that next guy up. Uh, he's going to be if Deontay Foreman or Khalil Herbert go down, he's going to be sharing the load with either one of those guys. The The Bears running back group just has a lot of competition. Uh, it looks like one of these guys has to like, regress in a major way uh, just for for them to get axed and the carries get split with Roshan. Um, no matter how much we, you know, we or everybody, you know, seems to be loving that pick from the Bears, um, Roshan Johnson is still a rookie, still a young guy, and, and it's going to take a, a bit before we see him out there consistently on the field. But Here's what we should expect from the Bears' second preseason game. So, I feel we're going to see a lot of the same from what the Bears did in game one. The only difference is we'd be seeing a lot more uh, Justin Fields. And when I say a lot more, maybe a drive or two. Uh, But who are going to be the guys that need to show up and have a good game? So, the first guy that is going to come to mind is Tyler Scott. Uh, He did have a pretty good training camp, uh, but when he did get his opportunities in game one, he fumbled, actually and figuratively. The Bears have to hope they don't strike out on another young wide receiver, and he's got to prove that uh, they can identify uh, who can be a game changer on this team. So on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to need a guy like Scott to step up and be that guy. So Scott's ability to go deep and cause that separation is what he needs to show in game two. He can't continue to have butterfingers because if he does, instead of being fourth on the depth chart, the Bears could see Scott as the sixth man on the depth chart. You can even see him probably teetering the line as a special teams player. That other guy who's going to need to make impact is Jervon Dexter. Again, I can be as high as I want to be on the guy, uh, but he just didn't get enough pressure in game one. It just seemed like... Uh, He wasn't in the mix as much as the Bears would like to see from their second pick. Um, But again, they're going to want to make passing on Jalen Carter 
look like a good decision, and that's all going to come from Jervon Dexter working out uh, when when they picked him in the second round. So Jervon Dexter again, he's he's got all the skills to be that dominant defensive tackle. Uh, he he just has to come out and prove that when the lights come on, he can make those plays. And in that first preseason game, it just seemed like uh, the the lights may be. Maybe been just a little too bright for Jervon Dexter and, and the speed of the game a little too quick. So hopefully for him, the second game slows down and he can make things happen on the field. So third on my list of guys who need to show out in the next game is Jack Sanborn. And he did have a solid game. He's just going to have to have a performance that separates him from Noah Sewell. And, and Noah Sewell also had a solid performance with a sack. So Jack Sanborn looks like he's going to be slotted in as a starting linebacker. Uh, but Noah Sewell, who's been healthy throughout training camp OTAs and, and just has been seeming to make waves with the coaching staff, uh, the Chicago Bears are going to do what's best for the team at the end of the day. And if Noah Sewell is uh, the guy that's going to be jumping Jack Sanborn on the depth chart, then Sanborn has to come out and show why he is the guy. So my belief, again, Sanborn is going to have a lot more opportunity to show in game two why he is the guy who needs to be starting next to Edmonds and Edwards. But truth be told, it just looks like the athleticism of Sewell just fits a little bit better with Edmonds and Edwards than Sanborn. Uh, but Again, Sanborn was that guy last year when Roquan Smith got traded that stepped up. He showed you know, what kind of linebacker he is and how he can get in there and mix things up. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Bears are going to put the best team on the field when the season starts. So preseason game two is going to be against the Colts, who the Bears have been fighting against all week through practice. And it should be a fun game to tune in and watch. Uh, but definitely now... Victory formation. So on today's victory formation, we are not going to talk about all of the bubble players on the Bears roster. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and talk about the biggest bubble that we can see popping at any moment. Uh, I feel like every Bears fan knows exactly who we're talking about. Valus Jones, uh, he, he was set, again, to have a pretty good camp. He's fielding every punt. There's just so much hype around Valus Jones. Uh, they keep talking him up to... To all of the reporters, again, they don't want this to look like a horrible pick. Um, but again, the, the lights are just too bright for these players sometimes. And uh, when it counts, Valus Jones was nowhere to be found. He went ahead and muffed a punt again. Uh, he just looked like the player he was last season. Valus Jones, again, is a second-year player. And, and he just turned 26 I understand 26 is young. Uh, if you compare him to George Pickens of the Steelers, who's also a second-year guy, he's four years older than him. The, the Bears, when they drafted Valus Jones, they expected him to be polished and just someone they could immediately insert into lineups and be a viable option for fields. Uh, they wanted him to be um, their next punt returner, kickoff guy. But right now, it's just looking like it's just a little bit too much for Valus Jones. Uh, instead of him doing that, he's just fumbled and muffed a lot of balls. And it's just, he hasn't made a single dent on the field when things matter the most. Valus Jones was the third round pick for the Bears last season. Uh, he just 
looks like he's going to turn out to be Ryan Poe's biggest flop in his young managerial career. Uh, Valus Jones is still on the team. And again, I think this is more so because he did have a great career in college as a special teams kick returner. And he didn't field a lot of punts in college, but the ones that he did, he averaged 15.1 yards per return. So you can see the appeal for the Bears on what he can do on special teams. Right now, the Bears don't currently have anyone on the team that can make that kind of impact in the special teams. The best the Bears can do if Bayless Jones is off the team is put Dante Pettis back out there and just have somebody serviceable. Uh, it doesn't seem they're looking to have a serviceable guy like that, and they want a game changer. So they're going to keep putting Bayless Jones out there and even might be until the end of the third game. And if he's still not showing anything, he's going to be cut. Um, but that is what... Bayless Jones is going to have to do if he doesn't want to get cut from this team. He's going to have to at least average 10 yards per punt moving forward from here. He's going to have to stop muffing the punts. Um, but if he can prove his value as a game-changing special teams player, he's going to have a spot on the Chicago Bears team. Uh, but this is going to be Bayless Jones' last chance. And, and not just for the Chicago Bears. I think it's going to be his last time. Uh, he can make an NFL team. Again, his age, along with the reason he might be cut from this Bears team, is going to probably make it impossible for him to get another shot on any NFL team. No team is going to be looking for a 26-year-old second-year wide receiver who's supposed to be a special team specialist who cannot field a punt. So Valus Jones is on that bubble. And I want to thank all of you guys for listening to another great episode of Sports Ethos Chicago Bears podcast. And you guys can go ahead and follow me at Ethos Bears on Twitter or X or whatever it is called right now. And tune in next week for another great episode. You guys have a great day.